Hello and a very warm welcome to Footprints. You're listening to the May episode with me, Pommy Harmer. This monthly podcast is designed to tempt you out onto the footpaths surrounding Bath and to encourage you to take part in Bathscape's Walking Festival this September. And as the weather continues to stay cold, we are bribing you this month with all kinds of walking food and snacks in our wise words from walking women. It's Mental Health Awareness Week and we hear from Tom and Maria from Bath Mind about why walking helps. Finally, I spent the day trying to keep up with a few amazing people walking 20 miles around Bath, fundraising for homelessness services of Julian House. I'm told there's a cake shop in Woolley. Did you there find is. it? There is. We ate it. Rocky Epic Rose. Rocky Rose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't really need it, but... Oh, I did. I did. The sugar straight to my veins. It was perfect. <laughs> yes, be warned, 14 types of cake are mentioned. Mental Health Awareness Week this year takes place between the 10th and the 16th of May and the theme is nature. According to research carried out by the Mental Health Foundation, going for walks outside has been one of our top coping strategies and almost half of us say being in green spaces had been vital for our mental health. Hits on websites which show footage from webcams of wildlife have increased by over 2,000%. Mark Rowland, the chief executive, says that during lockdown, people not only spent more time in nature, but were noticing it more. It was as if we were rediscovering, at our most fragile point, our fundamental human need to connect with nature. I wanted to find out more about this, so I headed off to one of the main mental health charities in the city of Bath. Big welcome to Tom and Maria from Bath Mind. Now, Tom, you're a volunteer there. Tell us a little bit about what you do there and why you do it. As a volunteer, I started out as an office administrator, just uh, you know, sorting out documents and cleaning out the uh, supply cupboard. Um, but I soon found my way into joining support groups where I was able to use my life experience and my own struggles with mental health and eventually overcoming those struggles by finally finding support, which didn't happen until much later in my life. And that passion inside me to help others find that support before it's too late or before they turn certain milestones in their life where they really wish they would have had that support. I feel like that's something that I'm extremely passionate about. So I'm part of a lot of different wellbeing groups, helping others to connect and be in a safe space where they can explore and understand their own mental health better. Thank you. Now, turning to you, Maria, you're also a volunteer at BathMind, and I know that you're going to be part of the Wellbeing Walk starting soon, set up by BathMind and Bathscape. Is walking something you like to do? I do. I'm, I'm really passionate about my walking. It's just such a great way to get out the house, doesn't cost anything if you walk straight from the house. Just so many different places to go, different things to see. I just find it quite life transforming, really. Okay, now we're in Mental Health Awareness Week and the theme this year is nature, which has been very important to many, many people through the pandemic. How important is getting out into nature for both of you, Tom? Well, as a kid, 
running out into the quote-unquote woods and climbing trees and exploring and getting lost and getting found again uh, was one of the real joys of my childhood. And that kid still lives inside of me and still wants to go out and play. Um, When the days started getting longer and the warmth I can feel on my face and even looking out the window now in my house, I can see leaves on the trees and there's something that really energises me. How about you, Maria? How important is nature to you? Um, It's very important. For me, going out every day in nature has a positive effect on my mental well-being and physical well-being. Helps improve self-esteem. Actually going out and doing something, you feel like you've achieved something. It's an enjoyable experience. It affects all your senses. If you just stop and listen, you hear all the birds, different birds singing, which so often you just don't even notice because you don't stop to actually listen. So seeing things is wonderful. There's so many beautiful things out there. Seeing the lambs in the field jumping for joy and dancing around just puts a smile on my face. I love seeing the flowers so many beautiful flowers the bluebells are out at the moment and they're just so stunning you see things if you go to the woods you see something you've never seen before and it's just amazing you suddenly realize how wonderful nature is it just stimulates the brain in another way and I think when you're struggling with anxiety or depression it just does have a positive effect on that and helps to keep that at bay a bit more rather than being so dominated by all these anxieties and negative thoughts. So it's a refreshing breathing space, I think, from the mad rat race of the world and what goes on in our own heads. So, yeah, nature's wonderful and very beneficial, I think, for people. So I would recommend it. And um, how do you feel when you come back from a walk? Well, I'll turn it on its head. Before going for a walk, I can feel quite tired and lethargic. But once I've been out for a walk, when I get home, I can feel much more invigorated. I feel like I've got more energy and maybe more motivation rather than keep procrastinating and putting everything off. So I find it's quite uplifting, really, and makes me feel much better in myself. I just love going out in nature and just like seeing squirrels and birds all coming to life and going about their daily business puts things in a kind of perspective that I think sometimes we lose, especially when we're living our adult lives with bills to pay and all of these uh, worries that come and go. But if you go out and just see the way that nature conducts itself, it's it's a wonderful reminder of how simple life can be. Yes, isn't it? And maybe that's why so many people have been walking this past year. Do you think that watching the seasons change, maybe, watching them come and go, do you think that helps us notice that things are always changing? That's true. I I understand that when the nights draw in and uh, there's not much sunlight to go around in the winter months, that can definitely be a challenge, especially for mental health, where you get a lot of energy from having longer days. Longer days means more time, which you can take your time a little bit. There's no pressure. And also the fact that 
when it's gloomy and it's moody, that can that can also not really relate to a positive mental attitude. But you're right, when the sun comes and the trees start to bloom and the beauty of nature unfolds, I think that it has to give everybody a boost. The power of sunlight is very strong, isn't it? Now, one of the five steps to well-being is to notice what's around us. Do you think that's true, Maria? Often we can find ourselves very much in our own heads with our own thoughts and feelings and you don't really see what's around you. But once you start to look and become aware of what you're actually looking at, you just see so much more. And it's just incredible how much you do, or I see. Almost like make the effort to take note. And I think the most significant time is spring because everything's just starting to emerge and you see things change so rapidly that that in itself catches your attention, which is an interesting journey, really. Now, Tom, you and Maria are involved with groups at Bath Mind. Tell us how they've helped people over the last year. A lot of people rely on the social aspects of their lives in order to help maintain and keep check on their own mental health. And that's something that's really been uh, missing in a lot of people's lives over the course of the last year or more. What Bath Mind has done is created online meetup groups for young adults, university students, as well as uh, gardening groups. Uh, all of these things really bring the community together. Uh, I really feel like Bath Mind has created a, a wonderful and essential service to those with mental health needs where they can come and connect with others where otherwise they wouldn't be able to. So groups are clearly really important and soon they'll stop being online. Hooray, hooray. And Maria, as we said, you're going to be part of the Wellbeing Walk starting soon. Do you think that walking in itself helps people connect with each other? Yeah, I think walking's a great way to actually be with people and connect with people. Sometimes when you're not feeling good, sitting down and trying to talk to somebody can be a real challenge and a real difficulty but somehow if you're outside just the sense of moving moving forward makes it seem so much easier to be with that person and then to communicate it's so much less threatening I think nature really can soothe people and help people to connect which makes people feel so much better in themselves and reduce isolation and it's free That's one of the best things, isn't it? Any final tips? Just opening your door and standing on the doorstep can just help you to feel better. And at night time, you think you're all huddled up. If you just open your door and just look up at the sky and see the stars, you can feel like a ton weight lifting off your shoulders. It's just incredible. The impact of just seeing something quite magical watching the sun go down at night. It's just lovely, the colours, just seeing it disappear and then a new dawn arising the next day. Wise words. Thank you both so much for joining me. That was Tom and Maria, volunteers at Bath Mind. And now we reach the section of the podcast where we bring you some wise words from walking women, one of whom is Lucy Bartlett. Hello, Lucy. Hello, Bobby. How are you? I'm good. And you? Yes. 
very good. Now, I just want to remind our listeners that you are the woman who's planning, organising and putting together the two-week-long walking festival in September, are you not? I am. I am indeed. Yep. Planning is still going strong. 11th to the 26th of September, and it will be a bonanza of guided walks in and around Bath and the surrounding area, led by our very knowledgeable volunteers and others, and we'll publish the programme probably about July. So behind the scenes, I'm getting in contact with all of our walk leaders, pinning them down to exactly what they're going to do. And it's looking like a really great programme. And of course, we're very excited that we think it's definitely going to be able to go ahead as planned, all restrictions lifted. Fabulous. I bet that takes a lot of energy, Lucy, and you will need a few well-chosen snacks, will you not? I will. (laughs) Snacks keep us going when we're working and walking. And that is the theme of today. What food and snacks should we take on a walk? How much is enough? What is especially delicious? And what not to take? So tell me, what do you normally take? I suppose to get the the sensible stuff out of the way first, you always need something at the bottom of your rucksack in case somebody has a blood sugar plummet, which might be, you know, sweets, nuts, dried fruit, something like that. Kendall mint cake, if you remember that from your... I do. If you're you're a guide. (laughs) (laughs) But something where if somebody's energy really, really crashes, you can just force them to eat it and pick them up to get get them to the next stage. But for me, the the snacks in your bag need to bring a little bit more joy than, than that. So I'm a big fan of not those... You know, there's a big craze at the moment for energy bars like the cyclists thing, and they're a bit peculiar to me it still needs to be a good old slice of cake muffin well-stuffed sandwich but a a very good protein to carry something that you can carry quite easily without it being too trashed so sausage rolls pork pies and vegan alternative equivalents spring to mind yes carrying food that's quite an art isn't it because the last thing you want is to find that your beautifully made salad is all over the bottom of your rucksack. (laughs) I have a box which only I am allowed to use. And in fact, I saw my son going off with it as a lunchbox this morning. I nearly had a fit because that is my walking box. And I know that nothing is going to happen to it. And I know it's about the right amount of food can go into it, whatever it is, whether it's salad or vegetables or last night's dinner or whatever that's that's my that's my sort of meal yes and I also if I'm walking with a group of friends will tend to bring something to share so you can exchange your quarter of a slightly sad sandwich in exchange for somebody's much beautifully homemade cake just for a bit of variety I've got a friend who always brings a big box of cut up melon yep I had mangoes yesterday on my walk Yeah, but talking about carryability and, of course, as we come out of winter, although still seem to be in winter, a flask of soup is also a very good addition because it both warms you up and you can still share it. So it's a bit of water, a bit of warmth and a bit of nutrition and very easy to make. Now, what is your favourite energy bar, snack bar, trail bar? I quite like the sort of oats and dates combination, that sort of thing I like. I did make some once that ended up looking like raw meatballs. So even though they were packed full of energy, they were not very appealing. Oh, yes, I know what you mean. They they look sort of insipid and 
not very nice. And Yeah, they look like raw meat. At the end of this, I'm going to give a recipe for an energy ball from a woman called Sharon Collins. And she lives in Bath Easton. And she's brought out a book called Bit of the Good Stuff. Fantastic. Over 100 easy and delicious plant-powered recipes for the whole family to enjoy. There you go. We'll give out an energy ball recipe in a minute. So, any disasters? Have you ever taken anything you think, oh, I'm never taking that again? As you say, the carrying things, it's quite hard to keep a lunchbox flat in the bottom of your bag. So anything that has a tendency to slop to one end, like a particularly sloppy sandwich, usually isn't very good when you come out. That's where the things like the pork pie or something with a nice solid outside tends to fare better. Anything too dainty can be a bit of a disaster. What about bananas? Where do you stand on bananas? I mean, I love bananas at normal time, but they do have a tendency to turn to mush in a rucksack. So, yeah, I mean, I think stick them in a chocolate muffin and carry them that way. That is a good idea. Because if you read the websites on what to take on a walk, they all say bananas because, of course, they're packed with potassium, aren't they? So they help with any muscle cramps, particularly if you're going uphill for a long way. So let's just move on to drinks then. Besides water, which we all take, what else do you take? I actually only ever take water unless it's really cold and then I'll take a flask of tea as as well to, to warm you up. The other good thing about a snack is it's a really good excuse to just stop when you get to a particularly nice view. Otherwise, you just sort of carry on walking because you're there to walk. Whereas actually, if you're thinking... Where's the next snack stop? Well, let's stop where there's something really nice to look at. Now, we've talked about bananas, but I've got another grapefruit for you. Have you ever frozen grapes and taken them on a walk? No, but clearly I need to. So you just freeze them and then bring them out in the morning. <laughs> and by the time you want to eat them, they're sort of defrosted enough, but still cold and a little nugget of gorgeousness. Mm. I've made one lot of fairly disastrous energy balls. Tell me about the recipe that you've discovered. I discovered this at the Woolly Cake Stall at the Circuit of Bath, more of which you will hear about later in the podcast. And here's the recipe. So it's obviously written properly, but I've condensed it down. You put 50 grams of rolled oats and 75 grams of nuts, any of your choice, into a food processor, whiz up to fine crumbs, then you add 120 grams of sticky pitted dates, teaspoon of lemon zest, two tablespoons of lemon juice and a teaspoon of maple syrup. Whiz more until it gets into a nice mushy mixture and then, most importantly, you taste it and add more lemon or syrup as needed. Roll into 12 balls. These will keep for a week in the fridge or month in the freezer. And if you don't want them to look like uncooked meatballs, roll them in a bit of desiccated coconut mixed with coconut sugar. That sounds delicious. I think so. I'm going to try that on the next walk and see how many of the 12 get eaten. It might be a solo walk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. So I did want to ask you before you go, Lucy, about the wellbeing walks that are starting up. Yep. So we're really pleased that from the 20th of May on a Thursday, we're going to be doing some weekly wellbeing walks with Bath Mind. So they'll be starting at the Monksdale allotments where where Bath Mind have um, activities each Thursday. And it would just be 
a short social stroll for about an hour, starting and finishing in the allotments. And people can see more details about that on our website from later on this week. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And next month, what are we talking about? I think we're talking about footwear. We are. We're going to talk about how to make sure you feel comfortable wherever you're walking without having to spend a fortune. Excellent. It's time for our walk. This month, we're taking you right around the city of Bath. It's a 20-mile fundraising walk in aid of Julian House. And before we hear from some of the 700 walkers themselves, I asked Jess Gay from Julian House how much the pandemic had impacted on homeless people. Massively. From speaking to, obviously, some of my colleagues, it's been really detrimental to our service users in terms of especially mental health um very often it comes from kind of camaraderie and meeting people and um you know having having that friendly presence there that helps with recovery in all different ways so for a lot of um our service users we've had to turn to kind of virtual support so that's either through zoom um we had to set everybody up with smartphones trying to get people laptops so that they can stay connected with us um and we did a big kind of rally for laptops earlier this year to try and provide that. And that was the same in our domestic abuse refuge. We had a lot of children who were suddenly turning to home learning and they didn't have the facilities there to do so. So we were fortunate that our supporters came forward and we were able to provide those laptops. But also, like you said, it's about that that communication. And for a client base anyway, they, they especially feel very vulnerable and cut off from society. You know, even seeing somebody sat on the streets, 9.9 times out of 10, they'll be ignored by somebody walking past this pandemic they haven't had any type of communication with the outside world so they feel even more cut off and I think that's going to be really detrimental to their recovery moving forward we're working especially hard to to stay in contact with them as much as possible and to to aid that mental health recovery but I think um, it's only been detrimental. Thanks to Jess. Now let's get down to one of the checkpoints where people are beginning to gather. It's half past seven in the morning and I'm at Newbridge Park and Ride on the west side of Bath. Despite being a Sunday, lots of people are here as it's one of the start points of the Circuit of Bath. This is an annual fundraising walk for Julian House, a homelessness charity here in Bath. And the idea is to complete the 20-mile circular route which follows the most beautiful countryside around the city and gives walkers plenty of spectacular views across Bath. It takes in surrounding villages, including Upper Swainswick, Woolley, Monkton Coombe and South Stoke. And if you don't feel up to the full 20 miles, you can choose a shorter section and get a bus back. So I'm going to talk to some walkers who are starting off this early in the morning and I'm going to follow them round and see how people get on. I'm particularly interested in what they've got in their rucksacks in terms of snacks. You're going to start now? Just starting now, yeah. Fantastic. Are you walking the whole 20 miles? Yes, yes we are. We do it every year. Love it. Keep coming back. 
So uh, which way round do you go? We vary it each time, but this time we're going to go anti-clockwise. My mum lives in Woolley, so we pass through, so I'll get to her for a sort of afternoon cup of tea talk time. Can you tell me what snacks you carry? Oh, I've got a sandwich, an apple and a satsuma, and I've got a bladder of water, but I definitely rely on snacks on the way round. I know there's a cake stall in Woolley that my sister is setting up with some neighbours there. And, yeah, you'd not normally find things at like the Angel Fish and, you know, there's little bits of cafe and it'd be nice to support the local businesses after lockdown and get back to a bit of real life. Well, I'm here with my mum. And, yeah, I don't know, we've always grown up with homelessness as an issue. Um, I recently moved to Bristol as well, where, yeah, you just see it all the time. Um, and with how cold it's been this winter and with lockdown and everything like that, it's even tougher. So, um, yeah, to try and help out, I guess. OK, and, and here's your mum. Can I just have a couple of words with you? Yeah. What, what inspired you to do this today? Um, yeah, well, I think just worrying about homeless people, especially over the pandemic and seeing that there's still homeless people in Bath through the winter this year. Also an enjoyable day out that's a good cause, so everybody wins. You're not doing all of it. Tell me about that. Um, no, I think we're doing about 16 miles, so um, only because we come from Salisbury, so we've got another, obviously, an hour and a bit on top to drive back, so we didn't want to make it too long a day. So, Well, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. What have you got in your rucksack in terms of snacks? Um, a couple of cheese scones for both of us, some, a couple of protein bars and some apples and water and a flask of coffee. Is that going to be enough? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's only 16 miles. It's not, it's not like... It's, yeah, you don't need to carbo-load for this. So. 16 miles seems a long way to me. Are you, what do you normally walk? I usually do probably... Yeah, between 14 and 16 on a weekend, on a day. So on one of the... And then during the week, I probably do five miles most mornings. Five so. miles most mornings? Is yeah. that before you go to work? Yeah, yes, yeah. On the lighter mornings, not through the winter. <laughs> so. so how long does it take you to walk five miles every day? Oh, not long. It's a good, good hour. So, yeah, so I do a bit of running as well. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, but we're good, not running today. We're not running today. It was a late night last night. So. <laughs> so you're walking 16 miles on a hangover. Is that what you're telling yeah, me? Yeah, we are a bit. <laughs> I mean, you know. That is so impressive. <laughs> so how do you get back here? By bus. No, they have little um, coaches. So you finish at the pub, yeah. have a nice drink, get a bus back here. Yeah, yeah perfect. So are you doing the whole thing? Well, we think we're going to do about 13 to 15 miles. So Nell is 12 and she wants to have a go at doing a half marathon. So yeah. that's our plan. We're going to get as close to... We've been sponsored for 13 and we're going to see if we can do 13 and maybe a little bit more. If, see how we go. Yeah, if I can. Yes, and we've just come downhill. So now we're <laughs> imagining at some point we're going to have to go uphill. OK, so you've already walked a section. Yes. Where did we start this morning? Uh, we started up at Kingswood and we've headed down and now we're going to Odd Down. Yes. So you're going anti-clockwise. We are. Well done, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and have you got snacks in your bag? Yes, a lot, a, a lot of sweets and um, chocolates and stuff. So um, are you raising money for Julian House? Yes, we are. I think we've raised, raised £200. We have. Mm. Well done. That's amazing. 
And what would you say to other young people who might want to walk but think, oh, no, I don't like walking? What would you say? Well, I think it's really about sort of finding the right motivation to do it. And if, if it's for a good cause, I think you, you've just got to try your best and do as much as you can do to raise money. You're very impressive. I think you'll probably do the whole 20 miles. <laughs> Imagine if we hadn't even realised. And how much are you raising? Um, I'm up to £100 today so far. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, it's still going. People are doing it today. So what made you do it? Uh, for the charity, really. Yeah, good calls, local calls as well. And it's tough for any charity at the minute, isn't it, to raise money. So. Are you walking or are you running? Uh, walking. Yeah. You look like you might run, you lot. Normally do. <laughs> do you? And most importantly, what snacks are you carrying? Uh, I've got some, uh, some like, uh, protein bars and that sort of thing, really. No, no big sandwiches, crisps? No, no. Nice pub stop at the end. OK. <laughs> That's what Same you're all looking that. forward to, is it? Yeah. It's half past nine now, so I'm going to make my way over to Bathhampton Mill Car Park. And I should catch all the walkers coming round. They'll have been over Lansdowne, through Upper Swainswick, and they'll be coming down into Bathhampton Mill. It is the most glorious day. There isn't a cloud in the sky. The only thing I can see in the sky is one aeroplane whizzing over Bath, going south. I just spotted you and and these guys. How are you getting on? Yeah, yeah really good. Well. Really well. Such a beautiful day for it. And um, everyone's very friendly on the way around. Lots of cheery hellos. And, and we've um, not run out of things to say to each other yet. So How far have you walked now? We've done six and a half miles. OK. Yeah, but we've done that steep uphill yeah, to Kingswood and, and down to Woolley, so that's good to have, good to have done that bit. Did, so I'm told there's a cake shop in Woolley. Did you there find is. it? There is. Epic Rocky Road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't really need it, but... Oh, I did, I did. The sugar straight to my veins, it was perfect. <laughs> now, let me ask this gentleman. I saw you at the start. How are you getting on? Well, I'm doing well, thank you very much. Any blisters? Um, yes, they're starting to appear. It's a little bit of a concern, but I'll be OK. Because you're, what, about a third of the way? About a third of the way, so, yes, starting to hurt a little bit, but I'll be fine. I had a tip from a previous person saying, put Vaseline on. I don't have any Vaseline. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Pointless tip. I'm so no. sorry. No, it's OK. For next, next time. time. Next year, indeed. How are you getting on? Really good. It's just gorgeous. Gorgeous day for it. Really lovely, lovely cake stop. Some people had got up, they said they'd um, worked last night into the like baking, so that was lovely. I think I'll have to go there. It's this is at Woolly. Woolly. Beautiful little stop there. Can I ask you, young people, how you're getting on? Good. Um, good. Fine. How old are you? 13. 12. <laughs> so, how far have you walked? Seven, Seven miles. That's fantastic. So and are you, you going to do the whole thing? Yes. Yeah. OK, so let's get down to basics. What snacks have you got? Uh, mince. Just mince? You're just going to eat mince all day? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of sandwiches. OK, how about you? Sweets. Sweets. 
Sweets and cookies. Okay. Where are you going next? Limpley Stoke, I think, is next. Limpley Stoke. So you're going Along clockwise. Here yeah. we are, yes. Okay. Nice flat bit now. Okay. I'm making my way to the cake place in Woolley. I've heard so much about this. I've driven all the way here, especially. So here we are at the famous woolly cake stall, and I'm with Julie. Yes. Julie, did you bake all these cakes? And Sarah. Um, well, the whole village have helped out and baked cakes, and Sarah next door and myself, we decided to do this so that walkers could have a bit of sustenance on their walk, and also the, the proceeds are shared between Julian House and our church tower restoration fund. So... Yeah, but we didn't expect such a beautiful day. We've put seating in the church garden, in the churchyard and in the street, and it's just a lovely community event. So everyone's coming out for coffee and teas. And People were running through at 8 o'clock this morning. I couldn't believe it when we were setting up. Will you be here in September when this happens in September? <laughs> well, I'd love to do the walk, actually, but we can, we can organise something, I'm sure. I think it's going down so well, and everyone is so lovely who's walked through. It's fun to chat where they've been, where they're going. One couple had the map the wrong way round, as in the walk directions, so uh, we put them right and sent them on their way. <laughs> oh, they had a clockwise map. Just and they were going anti-clockwise. Yes. I didn't oh, realise, yeah, yes, yeah. Just for the benefit of the listener who'll be sitting at home with nothing to eat, just go through the cakes that you've got here. That's cruel. All right. We have, I'll start over here, uh, coffee and walnut slices, lemon drizzle cake, uh, warm scones, which will be with clotted cream and jam, banana gluten-free cake, polenta cake with lemon uh, in it, Victoria sponge, Rocky Road. We've got um, energy bites, which are no sugar, just maple syrup and uh, what else? Oh, dates. Dates are the thing. That's it, to give energy. Then we have Nigella Lawson's blondies, which are blueberries in it, and it's made with oats and condensed milk, another good energy booster. And we have flapjacks, chocolate chip cookies made by this lovely lady here, who's Flo, who's about nine. Are you nine, Flo, or ten now? Oh, she's 11. They keep growing up. (laughs) Yeah. And we've got Welsh cakes and barabriff and some vegan chocolate bark made by a local... uh, The recipe's from a local lady. Um, We've got hot drinks and juice and... uh, I'd like some whatever is not so popular, so I'm not depriving walkers. Well, I mean, it's such a worthwhile cause. Yes. um, Everyone's so enjoying money in the pot. Thank you. Mm. There's a donation box there. How delicious. It's just gone four and I'm back at Newbridge Park and Ride and some people are standing in front of a well done and thank you sign and getting their picture taken already. That is such good going. I'm so impressed. This is fantastic. You've just done 20 miles. Tell me who you both are. So I'm Hannah. I'm Larry. Mary, how old are you? Ten. Wow, well done. That is an amazing achievement. How do you feel about it? Tired. <laughs> Very worn out. Do you feel proud of yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. How was it? It was good. It was mostly fun. The last mile and a half, wasn't it, was, a, was tricky. Yeah. Yeah, and she's looking forward to a McDonald's now. 
Yeah, I think you deserve a McDonald's. Which which sort are you having? A double whopper? I'm not having a burger. Oh, what are you having? Chicken nuggets. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me, I've just seen the man with the very sore feet. Congratulations, how are your feet? They're hurting a little bit, but um, yeah, feels great. Feels great to get around, you know. You knew there was going to be a little bit of pain, but you just keep on going, keep on walking. Well, you know, huge you're not far congratulations, away. you've just done 20 miles. <laughs> and it wasn't flat. It's not flat round Bath. No. Will you ever do it again? Um, I'll answer that in a few days' time. Probably, but I would like to have better shoes. Just tell me, just tell me how you feel about finishing. Um, very, very glad to have finished. Yeah, after we do the next bit home. <laughs> but yeah. And what have you got in your bag? Oh, in my bag, I have a bottle of prosecco that we were going to drink on the route, but we didn't find a stop. So we're going to drink some very warm, flat prosecco with our feet in a bucket, I think. <laughs> and uh, your feet hurt, is that right? That's right. I've got blisters on my blisters at the moment. Apparently you've got to walk home, is that right? I do. I have to walk all the way up the hill, so, yeah. I think you should get an extra medal. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> oh, yes, the Prosecco. Well, well done. Fantastic achievement. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, thanks to Julian House. That's it now. The stewards are all packing up. I guess anyone who hasn't made it can always get the shuttle bus. Don't forget, you can sign up to take part in the next Circuit of Bath in September by going to the Julian House website. That's it for this episode of Footprints. If you've enjoyed listening, please do give us a review and subscribe through your favourite podcast provider. We'd really love to hear your ideas for future episodes. You can email us at info at bathscape.co.uk and you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by searching for Bathscape. And of course you can find out more about the many, many things Bathscape does by visiting the website www.bathscape.co.uk Footprints was hosted and produced by me, Pommy Harmer. Thanks so much for listening and see you next month.